I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is the place where we boldly go where no host has gone before, into the world of autism awareness, and we grab a question, and we stick it with an answer, and we try to come up with stuff. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you here. Remember to stay through the entire show all the way to the end, where we will have stories from the road. That's a place where I kind of put all the stuff together and try to make it make sense and give you something to take home. Uh, you know, not a physical something because it's hard to do through a podcast. But, well, you get my my drift. Anyways, don't forget, they'll also be just after our main guest. Okay, okay, okay. It's time for the great guest giveaway. And today, the great guest giveaway. Oh, well, I'm not going to give it away. Okay, hang in there because today's about money, 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 money. I can't believe that I waited so long to bring you guys money. No, seriously. <laughs> I'm serious about this. So I have all of you listening and all of you, you know, struggling to try and figure out how to help your children. Now, granted, my next guest isn't going to be able to help all of you, especially the ones that aren't here in California, but but she can help some. You need to know. You need to know about this this organization and this lady is the right lady to tell you about it. So we are very blessed and I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. I um, really, I met her, you know those situations, usually I'm the one people say, oh, I met you way back in and I'm going, reaching in my brain trying to remember who they are because, you know, I meet so many people, I travel so much, I, I mean, it's just really difficult. So uh, generally they have to remind me right down to the last second and then I go, oh, of course. So I think we're in the reverse role situation today, because when I first moved to California uh, from Massachusetts and I began doing what I do internationally, working with autism and one woman show about it and writing books about it, all the things that I'm doing, California was a wonderful place to be for me because I could put all of my hats into one basket and I was working in a brain rehab clinic, so I was like getting credibility and I was, you know, it was just awesome. And I thought, well, I need to get around and meet the organizations here in California, mistakenly believing at the time that I was going to stay put for work. And um, anyway, a friend of mine said, well, hey, there's this group called ACT. And I thought, well, that's appropriate, given that I'm a comedian and an actress and working with autism. And they call themselves ACT for Autism. That sounds like a good first start. Um, and they were doing a fundraiser or, you know, getting you get your hair cut and you pay and a percentage goes to the organization. I'm like, well, this sounds kind of wingy and fun, and um, let's just go, and I'll see if I can meet some people and, and get to know some folks. And, 
And if not, at least I'm supporting a cause that I'm supporting. So it's a win-win. And, uh, you know, we made our way down, and I introduced myself to a few people. And, of course, I'm the newbie and the nobody, and so nobody remembers me, but I remembered all of them. And I kept thinking in my head, well, I really should reconnect uh, with this group and with, with this woman that I met. And we sent a few emails back and forth, but didn't really uh, get it happening because, as I said, I moved on to working internationally, and they kind of stayed put. But I had sent many of my folks to them for money, money, guys. Okay, so <laughs> it, it can be hard out there, so you got to know this is going to be a great show for somebody, I'm sure of it. So, um, and it's been fairly simple. So I am going to tell you, actually no more. I am going to let our giggly guest um, introduce uh, her organization. And her name, by the way, it's a three-barreled name, and I'm so afraid of mispronouncing okay. it. I know I've got Nancy down. Uh huh. So, so, but it's that middle one. So I want you to say your name. Okay, Nancy Allspa Jackson. And of course, I remember meeting you because not many people have a background like yours. And the comedy part really stuck with me. Um, And I have seen, you know, I have been aware of you via email and and all the myriad ways you work in the autism world, which is really interesting. Oh, yay. I'm not just a drop in the ocean. No, not at all. Well, how exciting. I want you to tell my people about what you do, your organization. I just love that you exist. So let's start there. Uh, The organization is actually, the, the full title is ACT Today, and that is ACT stands for Autism Care and Treatment Today. And we give grants and have programs uh, for families who cannot access or afford treatment for their children with autism. This is awesome. Yeah. So we have no, it really is awesome. Yeah. We have seven I've different seen programs, your... and I can tell you more about those as we talk. Okay, but let me, I want to jump in here. I have seen the application form, and it's simple. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, which is lovely because when I was raising my kids, and even now, you know, I still have one at home that's so special. And so, you know, every time I think of putting a new therapy into his life or a new situation, of course money comes up, whether it's somebody because I'm traveling to go with him to the thing or whatever it is, um, money comes up all the time. So, I've looked at your um, your format, and it's it's really lovely, and I'm just so excited to have you here to tell everybody about it. So let's first walk them through how a family would come to this organization and what kinds of things they might get grants for, and then I want you to give us the backstory of how you came to be involved. Okay, sounds great. Um, our families come to us uh, generally through our website. Uh, where you can find the application. So they can go to act-today.org. That's act-today.org. And you'll see the grant application there. And the way that we are different than just about every other autism organization out there, um, and I do want to say that we are national. We're not just Southern California. Yay, money for everybody. All over the country. Um, in fact, it seems like, I don't know, we seem to get so many applications from Florida. I, I don't know why that's so, but um, 
you know, some in some areas you're more well known than others, I guess. But um, we um, we have the online application, but we also uh, can make the application available to you hard copy if you wish. Um, and I'm going to give you our office phone number, which is 818-705-1625. And what's different is that we actually have the parents tell us what their needs are. Uh, we don't come up with a program and then fund it and say, come to us. We say, come to us with what you need for your child because we know that the parent knows best what treatment their child is responding to. So uh, we fund a variety of um, treatments, and that's everything from um, ABA therapy, applied behavioral analysis, to social skills, to summer camps, to assisted technology, uh, to other forms of assisted um, communication, uh, assistance dogs, um, school tuition, medical interventions, biomedical, testing, uh, vitamins, special foods, um, let's see, safety, fencing. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was looking at on the website. I mean, that's such a lovely thing to say that, you know, that you helped a family put up a fence and a child is safer now. It's neat that it's not just about um, the therapy that's going to make the difference and, and you know, put a check mark in, in front of the organization to say, look, we help that child get better. You're also keeping them safe. Like, it's really very well-rounded. It's really beautiful. Well, as you know, safety is so important for our children, and um, so many of our kids are wanderers. And so we really want to we want to meet the needs of the families. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest challenges, of course, is raising money. Um, I had the privilege this week of working with my board to give out $50,000, so that's wonderful. Uh, but then, you know, the cupboard is Then you there. have to go get it. <laughs> and we got to go get it again. So yeah. I'm in a constant fundraising mode. Um, it, uh, it never seems to end. It's a bottomless pit. Uh, with this epidemic comes the need for treatment, and clearly um, – by the way, I read last night on um, news service that I get um, that 75% of American families are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, this is on the that. Levine Breaking News report. Yeah. Yeah. And it said that 75% of families would not be able to, they have no emergency sa- savings, and if something happened, they would not be able to cover more than three months of expenses. <laughs> well, they're richer than me. I probably couldn't cover more than a month. I'm pretty much, you know, month to month as well. So and, what does that say about just people in general in our country? But think of the families with children with autism. You mm-hmm. and I both know how expensive a lot of these treatments are, and we also know that insurance doesn't cover, uh, in a lot of states, insurance doesn't cover applied behavioral analysis, which is just one of the therapies we fund. It certainly doesn't cover doctors who treat children biomedically. They Oh, and, and I use neurofeedback, and the way that it's covered when it's covered is, is you know, laughable. That's just not going to cut it. You get a few sessions, a few dollars, and then, what, say that it didn't really work. So, um you know, it's really even when they do come up with some money in the insurance company, it's really not sufficient usually. No. 
So, you know, you're, I don't need to tell you and probably most of your listeners, uh, also the figures are that it's 3 million, I think 3.2 million over the course of a lifetime of an individual with autism in terms of expenses and costs and therapies and treatments and whatever it takes um, for that person to thrive. So all the, all the people with, with more than one autistic child are sitting there looking going, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I know, and I, you know, those are my warriors, man. Well, you just, it's okay, folks. It's okay because it's like your hand-me-down. Some of those therapies, you can spread them around. Once right. you learn it, you learn it. So it's also, not really per child. You know, when it, let me just not be so discouraging because it's the best time ever to be a parent of a child with autism because more is known today. There's more treatments. There's more answers. And uh, more doctors are savvy, so there's earlier diagnosis, earlier intervention. Um, you know, most of you don't have to go wandering in the wilderness as I even did eight years ago. Uh, you know, right, that's where I was going to take us. So you have a child with autism. So let's hear a little bit about Nancy. Okay. Um, my little boy is named Wyatt. He's 11. And um, He's actually out there with a therapist right now in the other room. I've got myself locked here back in in my bedroom where, because uh, my home office was uh, so noisy, he kept running in, and <laughs> the dogs kept running in, and so I've barricaded myself behind the doors here. Um, he's it's okay, I'm barricaded too. So there you go. That's the world of autism. Every right. mother trying to listen is doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, we're all barricaded. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, it, it, he was diagnosed. He could have been, I, I often say he could have been diagnosed by a trained chimpanzee at the age of two, but no. He was finally diagnosed at three and a half after my pediatrician kept putting me off and saying, oh, you know, I would say he's not talking, he's having tantrums. Well, boys have tantrums. It's the terrible twos. Um, you know, some, some boys talk late. And I said, yeah, but he was talking and he was doing all these things, and he stopped now. Well, you know, let's just wait and see, wait and see. And then finally a neighbor said to me that she thought he had signs of autism. And, of course, I was indignant and enraged and in denial. And mm-hmm. uh, I took him to the pediatrician, and the pediatrician said, well, he's at least a year delayed. And then went the, the, then the wild goose chase for a diagnosis, which took me from a private assessment center where I was still in denial. And they said, he may be on the spectrum, but we need to charge you another 1500 to determine that. <laughs> and um, the school district Diagnosed him with PDD-NOS, Pervasive Developmental Disorder, nonspecific. Not otherwise specified. Yes, which is just the wastebasket for autism when they don't want to give you a lot. And uh, finally, Regional Center diagnosed him with autism at age four and a half. I never even heard about things like applied behavior analysis or neurofeedback or biomedical um, from any of these sources. Certainly the school district didn't tell me. Um, and I had him in a special ed preschool, and he wasn't getting any better. So I went to a Defeat Autism Now conference and heard uh, two brilliant doctors, one a biomedical doctor, Dr. Andrew Levinson, who we started doing some biomedical treatment with, including chelation and vitamin therapy and uh, boosting Wyatt's immune system. Uh, He was quite a sick little boy. He never ate. Um, he didn't tolerate any foods. He uh, didn't sleep much. 
Um, and I do believe a lot of the biomedical helped him. Uh, but I think what helped him the most was getting him into applied behavioral analysis. And uh, the other person that I heard speak was Dr. Doreen Grampache. And she is she runs CARD. She was the founder of ACT Today. It was a young, struggling organization when I heard about it. And I was hoping to get my son into the organization for, for therapy, and I basically called her and said, you know, I think I could help you. I think I could throw a fundraiser for you and help you raise money. I'm waiting for my son to get card benefits. And it just so happened that he was sort of next in line. It was a, it was a coincidence. Um, but I threw a fundraiser that raised about $30,000. It was called Denim and Diamonds. We're doing our eighth one in October at the Four Seasons in Westlake, California. And um, it's grown from something that raised 30000 to something that raises, you know, two hundred uh close to three hundred thousand. So um so that's kinda of how it all started and they asked me to be on the board and a short time later they asked me to be the executive director and I had spent my life in television as a producer and throwing fundraisers and doing campaigns and doing all this is very similar to producing T V shows or producing pilots. You just put it together and then um, you know, you plan and, and um then you um you're diligent, you know. And um I knew I had to work in this field, I guess sort of like you. There was no way I couldn't work in it. Right. Because right. it was my life now. So how right. was I gonna make my life workable? Um, you know, I, I've been a member of what I call the kitchen floor club when, you know, we've all been down on that kitchen floor with the why me, why God, why now, why this, why my child and I think we we oftentimes find our answers are in working in this field. Uh, we can bring whatever talents we have to it and whatever abilities, and we can help others and educate others. And um, it's really been a lifesaver for me because I know all the families out there that are hurting and are in need, and if we can make a difference, it you know, it, it's truly better to give than to receive, and, and I've gotten so much back from working with this. Um, it, I can't tell you the families I talk to every day how, how really brave and stoic and, and wonderful they are because many of them live in areas of the country where there's just no treatment, there's no help, there's no, no um, none of the necessary materials that they need, um, the, the pediatricians, the doctors, the the uh, therapists, um, the practitioners that bring a lot of the new methods of treatment that are effective. And as we know, every child is different. You've met one child with autism. You've met one child with autism. So right. um, it's just been a great privilege to, to help a lot of these families. I wish we could help more. I wish I wish we could you know, bring in mega millions, but um, but we're doing okay. You know, we've given out over a million. We're probably about at a million point one in, in grants given to families in the last six years. So I feel really good about that. And you should. It's a it's a remarkable and wonderful, and I just love that you exist. Um, you are listening to a new spin on autism. 
Answers. This is the place where we boldly go, where no man has gone before, and don't just talk about the problem, we try to do something. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and today is a marvelous day. We're learning about money and how to get some. Um, but remember, 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 stay to the very end of the show, because that's where we're going to hear stories. where I take all my guests, put them together in a little pile, and add a story and make it all make sense into a theme. We have a question today. How do we get money? And we're finding out the answer. And it's very exciting because we're talking to Nancy Oswald Jackson. And I probably said her name wrong. (laughs) I got it right. Yay! And she's from Act Today. Um, All right, guys. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Okay, okay, okay. The Great Guest Giveaway comes right after Nancy. So hang in, hang in, hang in. We're going to go back to Nancy now and see how. Let me see. What would I want to kick this next part of the questioning off with? I think um, you were talking as we went to break. You were talking about that feeling of, you know, wishing that you could give more. And I know myself, sometimes I feel sort of like that scene um, in Jesus Christ Superstar where Jesus is with the lepers and he's like, there's too many of you. And I, for a long time, I would feel like, oh, God, I've got to put another one in my calendar and another one, and how am I going to get time for my family? But if I take time for my family, then there's no money for these projects that I'm doing, so I have to, you know. And I did start to feel sort of like, you know, Jesus and the lepers, how am I going to take care of you? Not that I think I'm Jesus, but you get the analogy. I get it. And so there's that element. This is a epidemic. This is a growing problem. And no matter how many we help, there's so many more to help. But no kidding. the point is you're helping. Right. As a matter of fact, after we, after we talk, Lynette, I'm going to be going back to my computer and um, giving out 15000 to families that, of the 50000 we're giving out this quarter to the families that have the highest rankings. We have a system. Once the, once the applications are all in, we have a system that um, rates them according to need, and um, that, that's measured on things like number of children in the family, number of children with autism, income, hardships of the family. Um, what about emergency status? Do you place that on the application? Yes, we do. Yeah. We, do. We, have, we actually do have an emergency um, you know, when there's, it, particularly if there's a life or death situation um, where our child's safety is greatly at risk. So um, they come in with these pre-numbers, and uh, my role at this grant dispersal is to take the ones that have right, rankings of 10. And you look at those families, and I've got 15,000 to, to disperse among maybe 30 families with rankings of 10. Right. You feel like you're playing God, and you know you're helping, but you just wish you had so much more. So I want to, if there's somebody out there listening, so there's so much need, but I do want to remind people, we need donations. And if you've been helped and you'd like to pay it forward, you know, every dollar makes a difference. So there's also a donate button on our website in addition to the applications of course, I want to encourage everybody to apply, but they do need to understand that we've got hundreds of families that are waiting in line. Um, and then they're, if we don't give them a grant for this cycle, they're pushed to the next cycle. Um, they have two cycles. Then they can reimpl- reapply after that if they don't get chosen. 
So um, it's pretty rare that we get above uh, families that make above, you know, 30000 a year to help because there's so many families with incomes that are below 30000 that need help. Right. And, um, you know, there are a lot of cases of single families out there, single parents, um, you know, maybe the, the husband couldn't handle it, maybe the wife couldn't, and they leave. And so you've got one parent doing it alone, sometimes with multiple children, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes with children with dual diagnosis, you know, um, and sometimes with their own health problems, uh, maybe cancer in the family, maybe another child with a disability. So there's a lot of need, and there's a lot of um, families that, that are in desperate straits. Absolutely, and, and I agree. But I am curious, how did the idea, and, and I know you came on board after it already kind of had begun, but yeah. how, how did the idea of creating a funding, uh, a place for, you know, for dispersing funds uh, happen? How, how was yeah. the evolution of well, that? Well, I'll tell you, um, Dr. Grandpache, Doreen Grandpache, running card, had uh, a family, uh, Bill Cernius and his wife, Poita, and uh, Bill is an attorney in Orange County. They have a son with autism. And uh, Poita was active in TACA, talk about curing autism, which is everyone, mm-hmm. I hope, knows is a support, uh, offers support groups for families. And I heartily recommend families reach out to TACA, talk about curing autism, because it does give support groups. and mentors. Yes, I, yeah, I've had the, well, not had TACA on, but I've had... John on who does uh, their events sometimes. Okay. So. Yeah, Lisa Ackerman is my buddy and friend, and she runs TACA. Um, so um, Bill went to Doreen and said, you know, how do these families do it if they don't have any money? Because they didn't have funding for their applied behavioral analysis therapy. And so he was in the position where, you know, they could pay. And then another uh family member, I think uh, another card client, Greg Anderson, who runs an insurance company, um, also said, yeah, how do these families do it? He was the insurance provider. And as it so happened, he ended up caring for his grandson who had autism, who then became his son, who he adopted. So here are these two gentlemen. They go to, to Dr. Grandpache, to Doreen, and they say, you know, let's, let's put something together here. And so they, they put together their first fundraiser. Um, but, you know, it was small and struggling, and um, I was blessed to come along at the right time. And um, it all just kind of came together. But they saw the need, and they saw that there were organizations out there like Autism Speaks that are doing, certainly they're doing awareness. I mean, we know that. Um, and they're raising gazillions and million, mega millions for awareness and for research. But... What about the families? What about the kids today? What about the young adults today, the teenagers that need help now? That, well, not only that, what I really, really, really like is that it's the parents saying, look, this therapy is the one that's right for my kid. Now, you've mentioned applied behavioral analysis a lot, and for you that was a working solution. For me that was a complete disaster. Right, right. And, and so I, as a parent. That. We respect that. That's what I'm saying. Your child, you're the parent. 
Right. I say this to parents all the time. You are the single best advocate for your child. You're the one that watches them day in, day out. You know what they need. You know what they respond to. So use your gut. Your gut is never wrong, right? And you are the expert. Be the expert. Walk in the shoes of the expert. Be the person going, okay, I need this next. And be comfortable representing it. Like, it's so important. And I just love that you don't have a setup of, okay, this is what we'll fund because we believe in this, and and that's really just a way of pushing that. But instead, you're going, okay, parents, you're the expert. These are your kids. You are the one that knows where your need is. Please share that with us. And, of course, we have to rate it. We only have a certain amount of number, you know, money to to give out. But but it's not... um, it's not with an agenda, and I, I just adore that. Well, I'm glad you you you're, you recognize that. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people think, well, if this was founded by Dr. Doreen Grampuchet, you must fund only ABA therapy and only through CARD, and nothing could be further from the truth. We certainly don't use it as a way to fund CARD treatment. I would say maybe 30% of our families request ABA. It is, you know, it, it is widely requested. Uh, but I'd say about 30% of our grants go to that, and I you know, maybe 10% of that goes to CARD because they are the largest provider. But by no means does it all go there. Um, you know, I want to just tell you a quick little story about uh, I, in my own life, uh, as, as I said, my son is 11. He's high-functioning. He was moderately autistic. Um, and we have tried a, a variety of treatments. Um, and I was going through a particularly rough time with him, and, and my husband um, is, um, has struggled with cancer off and on for many years, oh. and uh, prostate cancer, and it had reappeared. And I was going through a pretty, pretty hard time. And a, a family came across uh, my radar here in the Los Angeles area that had originally been from Uganda, and they had a severely disabled young daughter uh, and two other daughters, but in addition to that, they had a child in Uganda, a um, nephew, who was being beaten and abused because he was autistic. Uh, they had, they had, uh, they thought he might be autistic, and they had heard me speak. And I ended up working with this family um, to help them get the boy here from Uganda. And when he became a resident here with them, we got him a grant. And his name is Crescent, and he's nine. And we got an advocate for him for the, with our grant. And this child has gone from living in a village in Uganda two years ago where he was eloping to the point of he would go into villagers' homes and they would beat him till he was just bloodied and unconscious. Can you imagine a seven-year-old child yeah. at the time? And there were other villagers who thought he was possessed by a demon. Yes, I... We'll talk about Uganda in a second. Go on. So we got him here, and because he became a legal resident, we got him a grant. And the um, advocate attorney that's been working with him has secured so much for this child, more than he said that he has for any other child with AIDS at the school district and, and different therapies in the afternoon and various things. And... Working with that child just somehow lifted me out of my own, you know, what was going on in my life. And that's really what it's all about for me is paying it forward. Because when I got down on my knees on that kitchen floor when my son was three and said, you know, God, please help, 
what helped me find the answer. Well, I found the answer. It was autism. And while I don't have all the answers, we're still searching. It's a, it's a process. It's a journey. Uh, I certainly am in such a better position. And I just feel for those parents that they're in that confusion where their, their child has maybe just been diagnosed or isn't diagnosed, and they're having all those issues with behaviors. And, and you know, I, I try to remember those parents every day, and that's what we're here for. It's so interesting, you know, how how the universe works because who would have thought Uganda would motivate um, such so much attention um, or so much um, passion and energy from us? I, at the moment, have um, a series that I'm cutting for the Autism Channel, and it's called Fix It in Five. And because I was seeing such change everywhere I went, I wanted to put that in front of people's faces so they could say, oh, it's possible. Oh, it can be fun. Oh, it can be done. This is how you do it. And um, so that's why I'm broke, <laughs> because I take cameras with me, and, um, and I'm choosing five families in different locations in the world. And the family one, which is the one that's up right now, um, is Uganda. Uh-huh. And I find it interesting that you mentioned Uganda was – a story in Uganda was what got you moving – uh, in a different way, feeling in a different way. And I think that uh, this show that I'm doing is going to change the face of it for, for many, many, many people. Um, it's really special. I look and it better because it's going to bankrupt me. So <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. And I want to I wanna point out that we don't normally – this child is now a U.S. resident, so we do work with only um, children here in the United States. Uh, gosh, let's face it, there's enough – not children here that we need to deal with before we reach out internationally, although certainly international human rights abuse in the area of autism is just so such a huge it's, area. It's so that. profound. It's so, it's so huge. But, but why I find that interesting is that whole thing of how you never know when you're on the kitchen floor. You never know where your, uh, your wake-up call will come from or your motivating source that says, okay, pull it together recognize this, and do something about it. And then you're better. You're better. Action. Yep. Energy begets Action. energy. And paying yep. it forward and yes. helping people always comes back. Karma works. Yes. Um, and that, that's what I was marrying it to. I, I recognize that, that, you know, it's a national only. But, um, but, yeah, it's that thing of please take an action. Whatever, when you're on, in that pool of woe is me, what do I do, and you're broke, and you don't know, you know, even if the action is, you know, put, filling in an application for uh, funding, yeah. take an action, get That's focused. That's what we're here for. So I want to say once again, our website, act-today.org. Um, we are a very small organization. We do not have offices all around the country. We do not have big, fancy buildings. We have a tiny office in Tarzana. It is staffed by a remarkable uh, administrative and marketing coordinator named Amy Zhang. Uh, along with me, uh, there's Amy, and then there's Carla. If you ever need to talk to anybody on the phone, call us, 818-705-1625. Carla is bilingual. We brought her in because she is her primary language is Spanish. 
we have many Hispanic families. It's the largest growing population of autism is the Hispanic community. We're starting a new program, Act Today Espanol. We're going to be putting together a conference that we'll be announcing. We're going to be putting together brochures. We have DVDs in Spanish. Our board member, Gabriela Tessier, who's an anchor at Univision, uh, interviews Dr. Evelyn Garcia. That's all available on our website. We also have a program for military families, Act Today for Military Families. And right now, as we speak, down in San Diego at Cox Communications headquarters, we have 50 children um, on the autism spectrum, actually probably about 40, because uh, some of them have their siblings with them, their neurotypical siblings. And Joey Travolta is putting on an inclusion films workshop, teaching those 50 kids ages 10 to 20 how to make movies. So uh, giving them job skills, and they're going to make a movie, and it's going to be a film festival. So that's part, to, part of our uh, Act Today for Military Families program, which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, our military families, they suffer so much, sometimes with a parent deployed. They move on average every two years. Uh, it's very tough when you're a military family and you have a child with autism. So that has been a program that um, has really grown. We've given over $200,000 in direct aid to military families with children with autism. Well, that's exciting. Hey, that was a great segue. I'm afraid we're out of time, but I love that you closed it. That's usually what I get you to do right now, so you're just instinctive. <laughs> is there, is there one last word that you want to share? Is there a last word? Yeah, is there, you know... That last little nugget of your yeah, personal learning I, or your personal I heart? I do. Um, well, first of all, I want to thank you for being such a light in this world of autism, oh, Manette, um, and, back at you. and being so positive and giving hope to families. And I want to say to all of you out there, even though you may not feel it today, your disability is your opportunity. Always look for the opportunity in the situation because there will be one, and don't give up hope. Stay strong. You are strong. Instead of thinking of yourself as victims, think of yourself as chosen to parent these special children. You're learning the meaning of unconditional love, and there is no greater love. That's gorgeous. Oh, I can't even top that. I'm going to have to go to a commercial after you, except I don't do commercials. So we'll do the great guest giveaway. Thank you so much, Nancy. I really Thank appreciate you, that you were willing to I chat hope with to us. I see you again. I hope so, too. I hope we do something together at some Me point. Me, too. And that was ACT, a place to get money for autism therapies. Perfect. Perfect, perfect lead into, okay, 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 it's time for the great guest giveaway, because today, the person giving away is you. No, seriously, don't hang up. Don't turn off the podcast. This is serious stuff here. Um, In fact, in order to do something special, I decided that I was at first going to just talk to you about my project and what's going on with my project, Fix It in Five, on the Autism Channel and how we've run out of money and I still owe the editor and so I can't have him come over and finish. And uh, and so we're running an Indiegogo campaign. I was going to just talk to you about that. But first, it occurred to me that I haven't really explained to you all how I live. And I think it's important because People get an idea. They hear that you're up, you know, doing a, pro- a podcast and they tune in all the time and we're contributing to the world of success, so therefore they imagine success, which, uh, you know, I, I achieve a lot of things. But if you're imagining, you know, the fancy air-conditioned car that was, you know, made before 1995, uh, you might be incorrect. If you're imagining, you know, beds that have legs 
and like frames and, you know, maybe a headboard. You're incorrect. Well, I have a headboard on my bed because it's the master bed and it's important that I have that. Even though I did get it out of somebody's backyard when I first moved to California 10 years ago, you know, I have it. So what I'm trying to say to you is that what you are imagining may not be true. So before I ask you to dig into your pocket for five, ten dollars, maybe maybe thousands, whatever you want to share, I thought I would get someone in here who can verify that I give all I have to give, even though I charge a lot of money. I take that money and I use it for y'all, including this podcast. Rather than get advertisers, I actually pay for it. And you're all listening. So please listen for another minute. Here's my daughter. Ta-da! We're passing the phone back and forth because she's here for the summer. So it'll be a little different. She can't just jump in like usual. So I'm going to now pass the phone to her and see what she has to say. Yay! Hello! I'm so excited to be here. And it's um, really neat to be talking to you guys because I'm one of the fans as well. I listen to my mom's podcast all the time and I love it. So this kind of feels really cool. And yes, like she said, I am here visiting for the summer, which we try to do every summer. We have a togetherness thing. And how oh, I got wait a minute, I'm stealing the phone. How did you get here? <laughs> how I got here was that my mom and my sister and I, we kind of talked about it, and my mom found some money to get me here on a Greyhound with a couple of my kids, and my sister found some money to help us eat along the way, um, and my husband uh, found some money to get us, the gas money to get to the Greyhound station in Dallas, Texas, to get ourselves here to California. Now, I'm not sure how I'm getting home, but I do know that we all always figure it out. It's a family trait. We always figure it out. <laughs> oh, so you guys live, you, I, I'm, I'm talking about myself. I'm pretending I'm the interviewer, guys. Okay. So you guys live sort of hand to mouth and tech to tech, even though your mom travels all over the world and fixes brain disorders and stays in fancy hotels. How is that possible? Why, yes, interviewer, that is how we live. <laughs> and I'll be honest, when I was younger and trying to help my mom, I whined and whined about it. I was like, look at this money. Why are you always putting it back in, back into helping other people? Why can't you just use it like other people do and buy a car that will definitely drive where you're going? <laughs> but my mom has a much bigger vision, and she always has. She sees the world and not just herself or her family. She sees everyone and, and that's who she works for and that's worth it. And as family, we've all learned to do the same and we love it. We are very much happier for it um, and broke. <laughs> well, one of the sisters isn't broke. She's just really good at that. But you know, you can't have everybody follow after your footsteps. Okay, so I have um, another question for my daughter and then I'm actually gonna give you guys a but you're not allowed to stop listening because, you know, there's always stories from the road, and I promise it'll be fun to hear. Um, okay, so you came here on a Greyhound, and your mom raised you to... Your, um, remember, I'm pretending I'm the interviewer. Your mom raised you to, you know, give away, give away, think about the world, work really hard, and kind of find a way to sleep on the floor if necessary, but also... feel like you were being cheated? It was never 
awful. Not only was it never awful, but my friends were jealous. Everyone wanted to live with Lynette, which is my mom. Um, everybody was jealous. They, to this day, they can totally see how it's not just that we're different and happy, and, but we give all and we receive in return feelings uh, of gratitude everywhere. And so it continues and continues. It's a cycle, and it's a cycle that is wonderful and, and great. And we do do it also by people helping with money. People give us money when we ask for it in an Indiegogo campaign, and that helps too. People want to be a part of it because it's beautiful. It's never been hard. <laughs> That's really cool. I actually have a theory about that, and I don't want to take away from my daughter's beautiful answer, but what I think is, and parents, this will be really useful for you. What I think is as long as you keep your kids busy solving problems, they're too busy solving problems to know that life's a struggle. And, you know, a lot of us try to shy away from problem solving, but the fact is it keeps your frontal lobes busy, it's exciting, it's engaging, and that's what schools have taken advantage of for years and years and years. So if you do it right, if you do it as a group that loves each other, problem solving and giving to the world was just a problem I chose to solve. Um, problem solving is actually really wonderful for folks. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about the first time that I discovered that I could get help from others. And it was when the kids were young. And, um, I, I needed desperately to get some money. And uh, my son was really having a hard time. He was screaming and, and hitting his penis because it was starting to get erections and he didn't know what it was and he didn't have language. So he couldn't explain his frustration and... It was just really a, a terrible time, and he was trying to drink gasoline all the time, which we thought he was trying to kill himself, but actually it turns out he was getting high. Um, but, you know, he was very autistic and, and couldn't communicate his needs or wishes, and he was really falling apart. And I had heard about auditory training and thought that that might help. And so I sent a pleading letter of, you know, this is an emergency. And the guy read it. Um, Dr. Burrard in Montreal, who's fantastic, and he read it, and he decided to put us to the front of the list. So he called me, and he said, okay, you're at the front of the list. You can do it next week. And I said yes, and I got off the phone and went, oh, my gosh, <laughs> where am I going to come up with $3,000? And it was even worse than that because we were at a point where I needed to move the kids, the school um, vice principal actually had taken me inside and said, I never said these words, but you should leave. Your, your son's situation um, is not good, and we can't fire the assistant that's working with him. And then she, she just said, I will never repeat these words, and walked out, and I went, oh, thank you so much. So I had to move. I had my son falling apart, and all of a sudden I had, so I had to come up with money everywhere. And I didn't know what to do. So I sat down, and I thought, well, I used to be a male person. I know how to deliver flyers. And I just wrote a letter, and I photocopied it, and just a handwritten letter. And I, you know, I'm not real tech savvy, especially then. And I, um, and I didn't, <laughs> couldn't afford the computers anyway. So I just wrote a handwritten letter, and I photocopied it. And I went at 4 o'clock in the morning while the kids were still asleep, so I didn't have to worry about daycare or getting them out to school. And I delivered it in a three-block radius, you know, all around my house. Three blocks this way, three blocks that way, three blocks, you know, all four corners. And um, before I got the kids to school, before, like, so it's 4 o'clock in the morning. By 8 in the morning, someone was at my door, a little old lady, and she's handing me a $20 bill saying, for the children. 
and it was amazing. It was like, it's a wonderful life. Um, and my son did the therapy, and we moved. And uh, that was when I discovered that people who can't participate by being hands-on and taking care of your children and adopting and, and going out into the world and, you know, going to poverty-stricken areas and doing all of that, they can participate. They just can't participate like that. And so I came to understand that giving people an opportunity to contribute financially was a gift. And, and it was an exciting gift for all of us and made a difference. And so I took it from doing that for just my brood to doing it for others, and that's where we're at right now. I'm doing Fix It in Five. It's a show. I've talked about it a little for y'all, and now I'm going to explain it very clearly. Um, it's a reality show that follows me to work. It's brand new. I'm only going to make five, well, I'm making five episodes per family and doing five families, and we're doing it all over the globe, so that's five different countries, and I've done two countries, United States and Uganda. So that's ten episodes that have to be edited. I have two edited, and they're on the Autism Channel. You can go and see the Autism Channel if you have a Roku box. You can watch the show on your TV. It's called Fix It in Five. If you don't have a Roku box, all the more reason to care and want to contribute because I'm trying to get it onto like Amazon or something like that so that everyone in the world can access it with or without a Roku box. But either way, I'm out of money. I can't continue to edit right now. And as you heard from my daughter, I barely got her here, and uh, she's a great help and all, but they eat. And so <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to figure out all of that and trying not to go working all over the world so that I can make something that goes all over the world, so that I can share what I know with you and show you, and you don't have to pay $9,000 to get me to come and bring equipment and leave equipment with you to help your child. You can learn from my show and then go to your closest neurofeedback person and get the other piece of what I do from them and have, have my show guide you. So it's really to help you, but I need you to help me help you. So if you would please, please, please check out, either check out Indiegogo and check out the campaign. You just go to Indiegogo. Fix it in five. Um, let me check with my daughter. How did you put it? Yeah, so we've done one before, and I want you to go to the right one. It's Indiegogo, Fix It in Five with the Brain Broad, Get It Edited. Because we've got the footage. I went, I did the five days with both of the families. I did it for free. They got their equipment. I went back, I did a return to make sure the therapy had done good things. I can show you the, the beginning, the middle, the end, the later on. Um, and now it's really time to, to edit all of that wonderful footage that, that so many wonderful things happened in and get it to where you can see it. I need your help. If every single one of you, I know what my numbers are, and you guys don't usually respond and write in, but if every one of you gave $5, I'd be able to finish the editing on these two families, and that's 10 shows. Actually, on the Autism Channel, they break it up even more, so it's many, 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 many shows. So please, um, please go to Indiegogo. And if you forget that, remember my email. You can just email me and ask, and I'll send you a link. And it's mom number four evermore, because I truly am a mom forevermore, at juno, J-U-N-O, dot com. 
All right, please, guys, dig in your pocket. And if you can't do that, if you can't give five dollars or ten dollars or thousands of dollars, you know, but you you spread the word, somebody else will. So spread the word, or connect me with someone at Amazon or Google or someplace that can make it more accessible to you and who has funds. Okay, um, I'm not looking for advertisers. I'm not looking for the kind of thing that influences the work so that I can't share with you in an honest way. I'm looking for a way to share with you in an honest way. And I need either money or a, a distribution um, channel for that. Okay? The Autism Channel, fix it in five. You can watch it if you have a Roku box. Meanwhile, we need some money because it's the money show. All right. I'm going to tell my daughter she can leave the room because she's being really quiet. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank, thank you, honey. You. Is, is there anything you want to say? No, that was Great. Okay. Bye, sweetie. Bye. Go make us lunch. <laughs> All right. I'm going to close the show with stories from the road. All right. So I'm working with this guy. I'm working with this guy, and I'm way over in Europe. And he is, as far as the family is concerned, completely unable to go out into the community. And he can go out into the community and know where he is. Oh, I'm sorry, I should give you an age, uh, 16 years old. So he can completely maneuver his community. He lives in a city, and um, he can go from here to there, no problem. He can, you know, walk for hours, actually, and never get lost and make his way home. But he always has someone with him. Uh, even if he's taking the lead, he, he has somebody with him. So the reason for that was nobody believed it was possible for him to maneuver the problems that might come up, you know, if he was trying to take a subway and, and didn't have the right amount of money or lost a ticket or uh, was hungry and needed to buy something, that he couldn't handle all of that. But the thing is that he was money motivated. The problem is he was money motivated so he could buy McDonald's and only McDonald's and, <laughs> and constantly McDonald's. So there was a dilemma. There was a dilemma in the home of should the child or adult, young man, be allowed to, you know, learn to make his way in the world, even though he would probably always eat McDonald's and this isn't considered good for him. He was money motivated, and that's what's important here. If you take a child's motivation and you ruin it, it will no longer be the motivation. And it will just turn into something else. So you've probably seen this where there will be a particular stim in your child and maybe they like um, to spin jacks. You know, they like to play jacks. And they like it, they like it. And so you come along and you say, you know, if you're going to use jacks, you can only use jacks that are pink. And they're like, well, I don't like pink jacks. And now you've ruined it. And so a new stim shows up. Well, that's sort of like this situation. If you have a child who's money motivated, you're really, really lucky. Because a child who's money motivated can be taught to be independent in the world. It may look like they don't know their math because when you sat them down and, and gave them their uh, normal math tests or tried to teach math, even money math with fake money, um, they didn't learn it. But when you say, oh, you like to go to McDonald's, well, this is what you do to earn the money. Then if you have the money, you can go to the McDonald's. Um, and the way that you do that is I give you the money you earned and off you go. If you're able to do that with somebody and let them eat the McDonald's to their heart's content, 
you will be able to teach them independence. So you have to take your mind and say, what's the goal here? What's the most important piece? Is it the independence or is it the diet? Now, a lot of people are going to be up in arms hearing me say that, but the fact is it's not the diet. That's not the most important piece. It's just not. If you have a child who is motivated and will probably eat junk but will learn everything in order to get to the junk and will jump through hoops, it's like, you know, Kung Fu Panda when he would do Kung Fu to get the cookie. You have to recognize that the power is in the motivator, not the diet. Now, the diet's great and important and great if you can do it at home, but when you're trying to get this particular boy to learn how to uh, figure out change and pay the right amount and ask for the, the things he needs and um, handle the vending machine, all of those things. He was also very motivated for M&Ms, yet another thing that's not good for you. The stuff he was motivated for were, were things that were considered not good for him, and yet getting them, problem-solving, figuring out how, was very good for him and much better for him than the benefits he would have gotten by being refused in those arenas and being given celery or something. So be realistic about it. Look at the motivator. Recognize that if you have a child who's money motivated, they can become independent and don't, don't kill it. All right? And this boy, by the way, is, you know, fully able now. He takes me to McDonald's and does all the ordering and paying and all of that and um, understands how to use the subway and took me to the movies and, like, he does everything. Um, and there was, at the beginning, everybody looked at me like he's not going to be able to even make change. He can't do it. And I said, yes, he can. He wants to buy that stuff and he wants freedom. He can do it. And I, and I was right because the fact is he's money motivated. So check it out. Figure it out. Money can be your best friend. It can be your enemy. But if you make it your best friend and you're willing to share it with me <laughs> or let, let, um, let it be the leader for your child who's motivated by it, then you can really change the world. And if you absolutely don't have any and you need a therapy, you can maybe go to ACT and get... You know, fill out the form and see if you can get some help getting that funding. Maybe get me to come. Be in a, you know, and then we can use that money to help another family. So it can be really beautiful. Just remember that money is energy, and if you don't put it out, you don't get it back. I love you all. Whether you put your hand in your pocket for this cause or not, please, please, please share, share, share. Fix it in five with the brain broad. Okay, because I really think I'm going to be able to change many, many lives with this show. So share the information, talk about it, send the link, do whatever you can. Please do it. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. And this is a new spin on autism answers. And today's answer is money, how to get it and how to give it and how to live with and without it. Thank you for being here, because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. 
You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to our Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.